Thank you for joining IAB There. And now your host, Brad Behrens. Over to you, Brad. Hi, everybody. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the IAB. Thank you so much for joining us today on IAB There, our daily live stream where we connect the digital advertising industry. It's June 27th. Our topic today is accelerating business innovation during a time of crisis. And I'm thrilled that shortly we'll be joined by Melissa Grady. She is the Global Chief Marketing Officer for Cadillac, the definition of an iconic brand in the United States. Uh, if you have questions for Melissa, you'll be able to ask them by posting them on Twitter. In order to do so, please use the hashtag IABthere, all caps, one word. Our team of producers will grab your questions and port them through to us on the screen. Once again, IABthere, all caps, one word. Uh, I also have a couple of public service announcements that I'd like to share with you. We're very excited about the podcast upfronts coming to you on September 9th, 10th, and 11th. We are pivoted into it being a virtual event this year because we're all in quarantine. You'll see some of the uh, people who will be presenting on our screen right now. Please register today to join uh, particularly you agency and brand buyers so that you can know about the exciting world of podcasts and the opportunities, brand safe opportunities for you to get your messages in there. I'd also like to talk briefly about our Brand Disruption Summer Summit series, which has been going on for quite some while. The next event in this series is a television measurement summit. That's television uh, that includes digital video. This is on July 30th. If you go to www.iab.com slash brand disruption, there are two Ds consecutively there, and you'll be able to find out about the series, register for the entire series, and also for our exciting Brand Disruption Summit, which is coming in November. So once again, thank you for joining us here at IAB there. Uh, Let's bring Melissa Grady, Global Chief Marketing Officer for Cadillac onto the stream. Melissa, welcome to IAB There. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. So uh, auto marketing has been under extraordinary pressure, car buying, our entire transportation infrastructure and the way that people approach getting from here to there has been uh, changing under evolutionary pressure from things as diverse as Uber and Lyft on the one side to the promise of self-driving cars, which maybe someday are going to show up uh, depending on the level. So, and then here comes the coronavirus. And we've been talking about coronavirus as this acceleration that's kind of jumped us five years into the future. It's made some trends that were durable uh, more robust, and it's also uh, taken some trends that were less durable and, and accelerated them fading away. So from your standpoint, what are the biggest changes in your endeavor that you can attribute to this great acceleration? Yeah, I think for us, the biggest thing is the consumer shift to digital. Um, within automotive, the shift to digital was happening. For instance, uh, last year, more test drives, a lot more test drives happened on YouTube than at a car dealership. So there was some shift to digital, but really overall, you don't buy a car online. There's a few experiments that have happened. There's a few manufacturers who are newer um, and don't have dealer networks who, who maybe have more of that. But from a traditional, I wanna buy a car, that was not really an online experience. And what we've seen 
in a matter of weeks, as you said, is a huge acceleration. Um, I think for us, one of the most amazing things that, that we saw was we got very lucky. Our Canada team had this great innovation last year called Cadillac Live. And Cadillac mm -hmm. Live was to, um, it's basically like a digital auto show, a digital personal auto show. So if you think about this representative who is there, can walk you around the car in detail, um, that's what Cadillac Live is. It's a one-way Zoom. Um, so if, if uh, you couldn't see me right now and I could see you and you were showing me a car, that's what Cadillac Live is. And they have props there. It's, it's this really great experience. And we were seeing um, a better than expected uptick of it, which was still pretty small early in the year. This was going to be one of our innovation pods. Well, what happened once COVID started is we saw that that's jumped five times from pretty good metrics in a matter of a couple months. So we really see consumers moving to that. The other thing, we've, we've got something called Shop, Click, Drive, which is our way that a consumer can buy a car basically online. You basically do the whole thing and then the dealer will show up at your house or you can go to the dealership and you sign, but you've really done most of that online. That has been pretty transformed in a matter of months um, for what was really like our two-year roadmap. So shop, click, drive, uh, I think we talked about this uh, last week. To me, it sounds like a crazily advanced version of the Starbucks app where you know you order ahead, skip the line, you go directly to pick up your drink and you know, and you're out of there. Um, in this case, uh, the difference is that it, you actually get your drink delivered to your home. So it's, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I love any way that we can say that digitally we're uh, exceeding Starbucks. But um, yes, I think the, the big difference. So for Shop, Click, Drive, you're exactly right. You can pick out your car. You can configure a car, find it at your local dealership and go through a lot of the paperwork digitally. Um, and then there might be a few things uh, for you to finalize in person. But as you said, um, what's really interesting with Cadillac is that we can deliver that car right to your home. Um, or you can go there. So a little bit of choice that Starbucks doesn't yet offer. And is there is there a like sanity check test drive that happens with this where, you know, you, you this person shows up and do they does the, the customer get to drive the car around, you know, before they commit or have they already committed by the time the car shows up in the driveway? They can definitely test drive. Now that can happen again. There's so much flexibility within the process we've built and the way that we're working. So um, dealerships can schedule test drives. Um, you can either go to the dealership and take it out. They can come to your home. You can do that before, during, or after you've done this paperwork um, until you sign on the dotted line. Um, there's a ton of flexibility uh, with how and, and when you do that and you don't purchase the car until you're comfortable. You may not have the answer to this question, given your sort of uh, the, the perch where you're sitting. But, uh, you know, people who are car dealers, this is a new skill set for them, right? Rather than trying to drive people to make a decision on the lot and, and making deals and haggling and, and throwing things in, etc. All of that's done. I mean, we've seen this with the Internet and car buying for the last 15 years where people show up at the dealership and they already know exactly what they want to three decimal places. Um, have your dealers embraced this brave new world where they're, they're showing up to and working on customer satisfaction rather than closing someone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's one of the things at Cadillac, it's a really big focus anyway. You know, we are, um, as a luxury brand, we just want to make sure that that experience is 
more on the delightful side than um, than any kind of difficulty with a lot of paperwork or process. So um, I think our dealers have a huge focus on customer service and customer satisfaction as it is. Um, and this just gives them another way to surprise and delight people. What are you seeing in terms of the features in the car and how coronavirus might have altered, changed, inflected, or accelerated what they're looking for. And I'm thinking in particular that Cadillac made a, a big, big in, uh, innovation with Super Cruise, which is its, uh, for those of you who care about levels of autonomy, level three autonomous driving, where the car does a lot of the driving for you. Uh, your competitors at Tesla have something akin to that, but uh, but uh, Cadillac has just gone way out in front with a superior product. And also you've yeah. made a lot of investments in infotainment and in the, the, the dashboard as an information center beyond uh, getting from here to there. What are you seeing your customers wanting, you know, as uh, time in the car is reduced, as people are changing their habits around shopping because of the coronavirus? So I think what's really interesting is there's some level, and there, I think I'll take this in two different parts, but there's some level of driving being reduced and people thinking differently about it. Um, I think the biggest shift that's happened, um, and I noticed this even with myself, um, is that since Corona, the car is like, you feel safe in your own germs. So when you're in your house, uh, you know everything that's that's been in there, you know who's been in, you know where packages are coming from, um, you develop your own protocols for safety. The car is the same thing. So what we've actually seen is even though there's um, a lot less driving, there's that feeling of um, in my car, I know the environment I'm in. And so we've seen some um, uptick of cars versus public transportation, for instance, um, and, and the way people are thinking about that. So um, that's been very interesting. I think going back to um, super cruise and infotainment, that comes into the, as I'm driving, how, uh, how much of a joyful experience is that for me? Um, super cruise is a fantastic, um, as you said, level three autonomous driving system. It's the, the industry's only invest hands-free so you can actually you have to stay engaged and the car will watch that you're staying engaged but you can take your hands off the wheel it's exhilarating uh it's really fun to drive um and then yeah as you were saying i think one of the things that we've really focused on within our vehicles is that driving experience and infotainment is another one where um you know we've made sure that we've got the right apps in there we've got a great amazon alexa integration that um works really well and is really fun to use. Um, I have gotten into my car. It's it, I have my Alexa uh, going back to Starbucks. I have my Alexa tied into my Starbucks and I've had my car order my coffee for me and it's ready. So um, there's a lot of fun things um, and just things to make driving easier, um, safer and more fun. So like, you know, from our heads up display um, to another one. I, a lot of it, I think, yeah, I love technology. It's fun. We've got night vision in the vehicles. Um, so a lot of safety features that, that add a lot of excitement and fun to driving. I, I think we're only five years out from having a drone launch from the Starbucks to deliver the, the drink to the driver, you know, while passing by. I mean, this is, that's the... <laughs> Caffeine for coffee achievers. I think that's that's going to be the the knee plus ultra. Um, 
I wanted we'll to just make sure on. we're at autonomous driving to get the right exactly yes. but i love it uh, hot beverage at high velocity that that's of course uh, always going to end well uh the let's talk about electric vehicles because i know that ev is a big part of the cadillac roadmap and i'm wondering again sort of how or whether or not the coronavirus crisis in your mind has shifted people's appetite for electric cars like what has anything changed there because we've been seeing it bubbling up and bubbling up and bubbling up inexorably but slowly throughout the industry i think it remains to be seen how much the consumer sentiment really changes but the things that have been really interesting i think for us especially as we're moving you know cadillac's vision is to be an ev brand by the end of the decade um, and, you know, so with that being a bit of a, a mission for us, um, things that are really interesting right now are uh, facts that have come out during COVID as things quieted down, that the vibrate, there was less vibrations within the earth. Um, seeing the spread uh, on the internet of, you know, cities like Shanghai and Beijing and LA without smog, things like that, I think have really opened people's eyes to what's possible. Um, and in, in a, like the, as Corona did with so many things, you know, the world hit the brakes. A lot of things changed. I think we were talking about acceleration and how quickly things, you know, it's brought us five years into the future. I think it's also in a way opened our minds to the possibility of things. And one of them being um, if we're, you know, if we're driving ICE vehicles less, then there is less smog when, you know, airplanes, of course, are not flying as much. We see that. So um, as we're looking at how do we message that and as our product portfolio is changing, I think being being part of that and helping people understand the possibilities is really important. Um, and I and I really hope that that's something that we stay tuned into. Um, I'm from LA and my parents, I, I live in Oregon now, my parents have been commenting, the sky is so blue uh, and it's, it's yeah. really a remarkable transformation in, in a remarkably short amount of time. Let's talk about what's gotten harder. Uh, what challenges has marketing Cadillacs uh, had to grapple with uh, as well as the opportunities during this time? Yeah, so I'm, and, and I think each challenge is an opportunity, right? So as we've gone through this, I think we've learned a lot and it's been really interesting. Um, one of the challenges I think was striking the right note. And um, if you look at uh, a big challenge for us was we had launched our Oscars campaign. We were just bringing the CT4 and 5, which are our all new sedans to market. They had been on TV for not quite three weeks and we had to completely pull all of our advertising um, in mid-March. And we were able to very quickly create um, new ads, but it's, been, it's definitely been a challenge to understand what is consumer sentiment, how are people feeling, and how do we match that? Um, and I think, I think we've done a really good job. As I look back, this is something, and our ad tracking uh, confirms this, we've, especially within our competitive set, done really well at keeping that tone. But it was very interesting because we had to quickly strike the right tone and let people know, hey, we're, you know, we had that whole first, we're all in this together. Here's what we're doing. Um, our campaign was called We Have Your Back. Here's what we're doing within that, you know, we're um, giving you Wi-Fi, we're giving you um, OnStar um, Assist, we're, we're, 
will, as we were talking about for service or for sales, come to your house, we have touchless. So trying to let people know all those things in a tone that was appropriate and then making sure that we followed uh, the trend and didn't stay in a negative tone. So I think, um, you know, we, most of us have seen the montage on YouTube of all yeah. the commercials with all the same words, right? So staying in front of that uh, was very challenging. Um, especially when it's hard to get resources in studio, we're not filming anything new, all these different things. It was, um, I think that was probably one of the, um, one of the hardest challenges we had. Um, but I think, uh, we did a, a really good job with that. The other thing that was difficult was, um, as different markets were in different places, um, you couldn't just have the same message everywhere in the country. Right. And I mean, that's a those goalposts are moving on a daily basis. And so are you I know you work with with Kara, uh, part of the Dentu Aegis Network. Um, like how frequently are you having to rethink about rethink which ad goes where? Are you doing anything program with automatically assembled ads, you know, by virtue of of how vastly different you know, uh, an Arkansas is from, uh, you know, a, a New Jersey today. Yeah. So um, the way that we've been doing that is um, it, it, it is it's changing. I'd say on we're looking at it on a we're looking at it on a daily to weekly basis. We're not making mm -hmm. changes on a daily to weekly basis, um, but we are looking at things that way. And we've got um, what is now a really robust uh, program where we're looking at um, the other thing, you know, our factories were shut down for a while. So what is our inventory? Um, what uh, is a market condition? And what messaging is the right messaging? And we're, you know, running different ads in different markets more than we ever had uh, before. Now, we have a very strong addressable um, mix. So that's helpful because it allows us to reach our right audience and with that right message. So there's uh, a lot more different, uh, more uh, creatives than we usually have. Um, we're not dynamically creating any of those right now, but we are um, working really every week at updating things and changing where things are running. That sounds like a lot of work uh, and, uh, and a, a lot of uh, uh, possibly anxiety producing work. Let's talk about what else has changed and how you're running your department and uh you know you, you I, I mentioned kara and you were telling me last week when we were chatting about the m1 tool what is the m1 tool and, and how has it changed what you do so that's a change that's been happening over probably the last 18 months so Kara um, within the Dan network has the M1 platform. M1 is a database of the whole entire US with a lot of variables, a lot of data appends to it. Um, it also ties um, directly into a lot of different media, especially digital media partners, um, and then also uh, has other media planning tools on it so we can index different programs or partners um, based on um, their aptitude or likelihood to be a Cadillac owner. So what we did um, over a year ago is we created a model and that model was using existing Cadillac owners, more recent owners. Uh, we created a propensity model and then we found our conquest audience. Um, our, I like to call them our future owners. And those are the people who are more likely to buy a Cadillac than, um, than really a BMW, Mercedes, Acura, anything. Um, and 
we use that now to to analyze and to make media decisions so wherever we can we're activating on our specific audience and where we can't we're using um the indexing to be able to say this property makes a lot of sense this actually under indexes um and then that's that's really how we approach our media planning now help me to understand how this is changed though right 18 months ago you started working with m1 before that were you working with the marketing cloud folks were you working with the audience generate like how is this different and how, why is it better before i think when i look at the conversation today versus say three or four years ago um i was always looking for the best look-alike model because the really good look-alike models were the ones that would help get you the best results um other things such as segment or you just look at more generic luxury auto in market. So I think, you know, we took the whole U.S. and then we would look at who's likely to be a luxury intender within that, you know, were there different geographic or income or other type variables. Now what we're able to do is to say, here's our audience. So I no longer go to a partner and say, do you have a good lookalike model? What data do you have? What can you bring to us? All that I want someone to bring to me is my audience with extended reach, um, and where we can, how do we show up differently? So I don't want to keep running standard banner ads or standard 50, 15 second spots. We want to do something that really helps people engage with the brand in a way that they want to um, in new and exciting ways um, instead of just running the typical media. So now the conversation is switched from what's your, what's your data, what's your model to what's your reach into my audience, what's your index with my audience, and what kinds of opportunities are you going to bring us to help us really connect with this audience? So effectively, you, you've with, with uh, Kara, you've in-housed the intelligence while you're still leaning on media partners for execution. Yeah, and it's very interesting. I think it's really turned it into a privacy-safe conquest DMP. So we've now got this audience and this audience is connected directly into some partners with some partners will algorithmic, algorithmically find um, whoever we can within our audience um, through different matching. And um, then where we can't, uh, we're using indexes. So it all starts um, with this audience in this one place. And it's really, I think, um, what I always hoped my DMP would be years ago when we first started using DMPs. So let's talk about some of the ways that Cadillac is showing up differently. And also let's build a bridge to the way that you work with media partners. So uh, you mentioned yes. before uh, we have your back. Um, I know that uh, that you were had a big presence at the Oscars with the, the predecessor campaign, which was Make Your Way. So just like how does Cadillac work best with media partners in order to show up differently? And, and what are you looking for? Uh, when people come to your office or, or to your living room uh, at the moment, um, what are you looking for from them so that people can right. uh, can move forward? So. Yeah, so uh, I think the Oscars is a great example of this. So working with ABC and Ampus, we wanted to really extend our partnership. You know, we're one of the um, top sponsors of the Oscars. Uh, it's a huge tentpole for us. and. So we were looking at how do we, we were launching the, the Make Your Way campaign um, and we were looking for how do we really extend that and make that meaningful. And what we did is we worked with Regina King 
and we created a 30 second spot that ran at the Oscars, but we also um, were able to, so that, I think that was one thing that was very unique. We had something that was very relevant to that situation. You know, it's Regina telling her story um, and how her basically road to the Oscars which if you're watching the Oscars is a very interesting thing for you. Um, beyond that, we had some behind the scenes, we had some longer form stories that she told that we were able to really amplify in digital um, and in social. And um, it, we interwove that in with the campaign that was extending from the Oscars. So it, be, it created this really big moment. Um, that advertising really resonated well. Our testing was really good for that. And then that kicked off our campaign. Um, another example of that is uh, we work with um, MSNBC on a digital program called Mavericks, which is um, Ari Melber doing interviews with um, a bunch of very interesting people. Um, and they're these short, shorter form videos, I guess maybe middle, <laughs> it's not really that short, it's maybe a, a middle term uh, lengthwise video. And um, there's a series of them. And Cadillac is the sponsor of that. You see the vehicle in the videos. You see that it's sponsored by Cadillac, but it's not just a spot. And it's another way that it just, it, it lets us show people, um, here's something that we think you'll enjoy um, and Cadillac sponsoring it. So, and it of course shows off the vehicle in very interesting ways in the beginning. So that's another example of, you know, um, working with NBC and saying, we don't just want to, uh, we don't just want to run our commercial in front of what's happening in digital. We want to create something that's more bespoke. And, and then the Mavericks show clearly speaks to something inside of the Cadillac brand. Right. So, I mean, there's a reason why you chose that show. So what is it about about maverickness that that really pays off for Cadillac? Yeah, I think if, if you go back to the campaign that we just launched, which is Make Your Way, um, when we look at the Cadillac uh, brand DNA, if you look, I mean, we are a brand of innovations from the early 1900s when we launched all the way through, there's all these firsts um, from the first electric starter to, um, you know, features today. We were the first ones to have OnStar and, and the in-car telematics in that format. So um, there's, and, and in between, just a lot of different things. We've always been pushing the envelope. We've always been this big, bold, uh, really badass brand that um, keeps redefining things. And that's something that we see in the people that drive Cadillacs is they also have this strong personality, you know, in our brand manifesto, we have this line, you know, raise the bar and then raise it higher still. You've just got this thing in you where you've got to drive in a very optimistic way to be better um, and, and then to celebrate the moments when you, when you get to them. Um, and then you celebrate and then you keep going to redefine again. Um, and so I think as you look at something like Mavericks and just the word Maverick is going to, you know, that that's the kind of personality that we really see um, in the Cadillac brand. Uh, that, that is a fabulous answer. Um, let's talk about the best ways and the worst ways for media partners to work with Cadillac. What are you, what are you hoping for? And then what makes you roll your eyes when people are in your office or your living room on a Zoom? Uh, that's I was just going to say that we have to make sure we're not on a Zoom when we've got the eye rolling happening. Um, I think, you know, the best way for someone to approach us is really to say, we've worked with Kara. Here's, here's how we index with your audience. 
Um, it's, you know, a 200 index. We've This works really well. Not only that, we see that we can get you this incremental reach because there's this portion of your audience that can be harder to reach. Um, and within our platform or within our property, here's the kind of things that people like to do, engage with C, and here's how Cadillac can come and either co-create something with us or sponsor something in a meaningful way. You know, we always say we don't want to come somewhere and slap a logo on something. Um, and especially now in the days of like, we don't have a lot of in-person experiential. So we're leaning really heavily on digital and new type media to, to bring us this connection to customers and for them to help understand who we are, um, especially as we're moving into being a leading EV brand. Um, we need people to get to know us better. And so uh, that's, that's not through your typical, you know, banner ad and pre-roll. So, so uh, do your homework before you wind up talking with Melissa on a Zoom is probably the shortest version of that advice. Um, let's talk about you just for our final question, which is how are you staying optimistic and connected uh, you're, you, you smile more than most of my, uh, my, uh, interlocutors, uh, in this show, which is absolutely delightful. So how do you do it? What, how are you staying upbeat and what are you looking forward to right now? Yeah, I think that's been something that's been so interesting. And I think a lot of people are going through this, you know, the world really slammed on the brakes in mid-March. And I think we all, it was like, it was almost like literally like a car accident where you, or we'll say for safety first, almost a car accident. You slammed on the brakes, you like kind of had this whiplash moment and then you were trying to understand and like your brain takes a minute to, to catch up and process. Well, I think it changed, it fundamentally changed the way most of us were living our lives. Um, and you know, I, I was on a plane every week. I was running all the time and there was, I think just a lot of, um, frenetic energy that was happening. And I think that this is all really just given me the opportunity to stop. And I have this new thing that I do. I have like a mental, a mental mason jar of things that I want to keep out of this. So what are the things that I've relearned are important. Um, I've spent time meditating and doing yoga. Um, I think there's things like that a lot of us have rediscovered like family dinner um, and just spending time with people that you love with, you know, phones down for a little bit. So I think that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of different moments. I think, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, there's things that are coming up where I'm like, okay, this, I want to keep this. So as things are coming back to normal, I want to make sure that, uh, that I keep this. Well, Melissa Grady, um, thank you so much for joining us on IB there. I will say my late grandfather, Jack Baker spent his whole life trying to afford a Cadillac and he never quite got it but I know he would have loved this interview. So thank you so much for joining us. And we hope to have yeah. you back here on the show sometime soon. Thanks. So did you know that I Be There is now also a podcast? Uh, you can listen to our entire archive wherever you get your podcasts. Go to www.iab.com slash podcasts. Uh, in addition to I Be There, we also have on Tuesdays our IAB Policy Podcast, which is featuring experts discussing the legal and regulatory developments changing the industry. And on most Wednesdays, IAB's leaders discuss what's urgent in digital advertising on IAB Real. Once again, go to iab.com slash podcasts to get everything you need from the IAB 
podcasts. Uh, on tomorrow's IAB there, we are excited to welcome Wavemaker CEO, Amanda Richman. She'll be in conversation with David Cohen, our IAB president, and they will sit down to talk about how leadership can shine in a time of crisis. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Carrie Villanueva. I'm Brad Barron's editor-in-chief here at the IAB. Thank you so much for watching. Come back tomorrow, because if it's 2 p.m. on Eastern, on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB There. Thanks for joining us, and bye-bye.